Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of PQA Panel Talks. I'm your host, Mike Herchuk. Today, we're going to talk about accessibility testing with our panel of testing experts. We'll get to them in just a second. I want to say that that uh, we have another uh, podcast where we talked about accessibility um, last year. Um, you can go back and look at your history and listen to it. That one specifically talked about learning to be an accessibility tester and, and the path and the journey that people went into becoming accessibility testers. Today in our talk, we're going to dig a little deeper and talk a little bit about the tools and, and what it is. And so uh, at this point, I'm going to turn it over to our panel of experts to let them introduce themselves. And we'll start with you, Mark. Please tell us about yourself. Yeah. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me on the uh, podcast here. Uh, I'm Mark Pope. Um, me and my brothers own Pope Tech, which is a web accessibility scanning and reporting platform. So our, our goal, our mission of our platform is to empower organizations and their web accessibility creators to be able to help create accessible content for their websites so that people with disabilities have equal access to the content. Awesome. So how long have you been in the accessibility space? So I've been in it personally about three years. Pope Tech moved into it a couple of years before then, before accessibility. Um, we were a web app and development company. So many of your listeners may come from that background of whether they're developing apps for themselves or for clients. Um, we were doing it for clients. And along the way, we're introduced to accessibility and learned about it. And as we did, we were using uh, the Wave tool, which we may or may not talk about more, but it's a it's a one page at a time checker. And, and we just decided, hey, how can we expedite this process of checking one page to going site-wide? So that's what we're doing is, is we're doing that. But like I said, I've been doing this for about three years in Pope Tech for a couple of years more than that, so. Awesome, well, thanks. And we're, we're definitely gonna hear more about that as we go through. Um, Abhishek, why don't you tell us about yourself? Hello, Mike. Uh, hello, Mark. Nice to see you uh, here. And thanks for again inviting uh, to the podcast. So I am Abhishek Gupta. I'm director of service delivery here at PQA Testing based out of Toronto, Ontario. So I'm responsible for leading all the projects here in terms of service delivery when it comes to Ontario GTA. But when it comes to accessibility, I also lead the testing center of excellence here at PQA. All the testing initiatives when it comes to accessibilities, I'm the one who are uh, with my team who are responsible for leading the initiatives. I'm also uh, acting as a subject matter expert on certain client projects when it comes to accessibility in specific. Awesome, thanks, Abhishek. I, I'm still excited about it, so I'd, I'd like to talk about just slightly. Abhishek, can you tell us just a little bit about the certification program that you built for us? Oh, absolutely. Uh, that is one topic core to my uh, heart. So I think uh, it all started with uh, helping clients. Clients were reaching out to us, and in terms of accessibility, this is not the new uh, type of testing we are doing. We are into this space for more than 10 years now. But while we were helping the clients and uh, new laws and rules were rolling in, and not only new laws and protocols, there were new tools, new testing guidelines. We started thinking that, are we giving the best shot uh, when it comes to accessibility? Then uh, we set up a discussion here with the leadership and thought about why not train all the testers into this particular space. Uh, it is trainable kind of type of testing. And then I got an approval from the leadership uh, that yes, uh, go ahead and build a full plan, the training plan for the new testers, for the existing testers, for our people on the bench. And then we prepared a full plan for uh, six weeks planning right from basics of accessibility to the tools, the free scans, the automated scans, the WCAG, 
and all the leaders from this particular space from our company came and trained all these set of participants after the training was done uh, there were certifications being uh, handed over to the participants who scored more than 65 percentage and there was a criteria that not only they had to give the assignment back to the trainers in terms of screen readers and scanning they had to also go through the edx web accessibility fundamental training uh, which is a free training amazing training i already did myself so i nominated that also to the team so out of all these criterias uh, we then handed over pqa certified web accessibility fundamental trained certified professionals and i'm proud to say that in last month we certified 22 pqa professionals who are ready to start on any client projects uh, along with the existing sme of uh, center of excellence team awesome thanks Avishak. i think it's, it's a really good thing right it, it helps people understand that they're good at what they're doing and, and that they have the fundamentals and it helps us uh, go out and, and help people understand that we're serious about it as well. So I think that's really cool, but maybe that's enough of blowing our own horn. So let's let's get back into the questions. <clears throat> so first question I'd like to ask is, is what are we talking about when we say accessibility? There's lots of definitions out there, what it means, what are we talking about, what, are, what is accessibility testing? So maybe let's just start there and start uh, with you, Mark, and tell me, how do you define accessibility? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I think the simplest way to think about web accessibility is just having equal access for all people to digital content that's on the internet. That's probably the easiest, most simple definition I can think of for that. But really the focus here is removing barriers for people with disabilities. And so there's often a lot of, uh, and some easy examples to think about is if you aren't able to hear, and you're deaf, you know, watching a video is a very different experience for you than someone who has uh, full hearing. And so having something like captions included on the video that are accurate, then remove a barrier for you that allows you to engage more equally in that content. So providing that equal access and removing barriers for full access is, I believe, the goal of accessibility here. Awesome. And, and I'm going to ask Abhishek the same question, but uh, given how many times I've heard him say it, I don't think it's going to vary much. Abhishek. <laughs> Great uh, definition, uh, Mark. Uh, couldn't think better. But yes, uh, in terms of barriers, uh, absolutely removing barriers from the set of people who are into this category of disabilities. And we have to understand that we are not talking about a small percentage. We are talking about on the globe, one person in every five people is facing some type of disability. So this count uh, and this percentage is very huge. And if we as leaders, as like testers, developers, or owners of the organizations are not thinking about them. It is a social injustice as well, I would say. So for me, uh, web accessibility is more than designing applications to let these people use the way other people are using. It is more about making sure that we all are supporting this initiative across the globe. So what is the role of testing in accessibility then? Because accessibility, does it's not synonymous with testing. So what is the role of testing? Abhishek? 
Yeah, sure. Testing, uh, PQA, we, we live and love testing. So yes, when it comes to web accessibility, so this is this is a kind of a confusing kind of word which I see when people talk about web accessibility. Sometimes people think that it is only to test websites. Uh, accessibility testing has to be applied on every product, be it's like a website or a mobile application native application which you are installing on your phone or be it these microsoft documents every sort of this particular application has to be made in a way that it should be accessible by all the people including disabilities now when it comes to testing testing should start from thinking how the end user should be using them and when it comes to accessibility there are protocols there are requirements which are already designed by w3c and these requirements are known as wcag principles now these are the requirements which are kind of non-functional requirements which every tester should understand and then they should go back to the project requirements and see how they can test these requirements and finally find bugs and retest and a normal typical testing cycle but one thing which the tester should know is this is a non-functional testing so they have to get trained on first understanding these requirements and secondary there is a different set of tools over here. Uh, I, I believe most of us are aware of screen readers. These tools are the only way where blind people and people who are really hard of uh, hearing and blind both are able to use them through braille and other devices. So it is about knowledge of the tools and knowledge of the requirements. So that combination is what is needed for testing teams to be able to support this uh, type of testing. Thanks, Abhishek. Uh, I, I do have to warn you, uh, Mark, Abhishek is very passionate about this. So if I give him a little bit, he can talk for the rest of the talk about it. So no worries on it. Like, like it's always fun listening to uh, other people on this stuff. So. Did you have anything to add around what's the, what's the difference between what is accessibility testing versus what's accessibility? Yeah. So, you know, I, I think Abhishek uh, summarized it and provided a good overview of it. But, uh, you know, I, I would only add that, you know, it's, it's something that's done intentionally. And I think Abhishek was emphasizing that too, that you're going about and subjecting whatever you created that digital content to uh, certain tests to see if, if it's going to work and function for the people with the disabilities. Um, and, and there's a variety of tools to help with that, as well as like Abhishek was saying, like you can even take screen readers and use um, your website or your documents or uh, whatever you've created in the same way a person with a disability might and try it out that way. So there's a whole spectrum of testing here from tools to identifying issues to actually using the tools that people with disabilities use to try it out. Awesome. So when we talk about accessibility, when we talk about people who are differently abled and using things and having access, it all seems really obvious to me that this is a necessity and it's something we should be doing. Why do you think there's still organizations out there that are producing content or sites or whatnot that aren't accessible, Mark? You know, I think a lot of it, a lot of reasons why individuals aren't producing just kind of accessibility content natively out of the box of what they're producing is a lot of times it's just awareness. It's not on the radar. I mean, if you go back to a, how a lot of, I mean, the web is amazing, right? People started learning coding by popping open a text document and writing some basic HTML. A lot of people are self-trained. They've learned how to 
um, just generate content and create it on their own. Obviously, you know, you take courses and other things to help to build on this. But I think one of the things is, is most of those courses don't cover accessibility. And most of the time when people are just testing out things on their own, they're not looking at, you know, the requirements of the people who wrote the internet rules like the W3C that does the WCAG requirements. And so they're, they're sort of self-taught and they're just not aware of it. I think that's probably the biggest barrier. And after that, um, it, it's motivation and prioritization. And so organizations who might be aware, um, do they have the buy-in from their, their central core leadership at their company? Um, it's, it's obviously easier to get accessible content created if they have that buy-in from that leadership. And so the culture of organizations is it, as they focus on how, how do we want to include people with disabilities, if they have that culture or not, plays into this immensely as well too, I believe. Uh, just to follow up with that, and then I'll give it back to you, Abhishek. Do you think that if you had a development force at a, at a company and they were fully aware of what, what the standards are and how to comply with them, so testing aside, which is an added cost, would there be a giant additional cost if the developers were just developing in an accessible manner? You know, the cost might come on leveling up in accessibility to be able to do that. But as people become proficient in that, the cost for creating accessible content really isn't that much more, especially for, I mean, most individuals are, you know, going to write a lot of accessibility is, especially on websites, that's what I'm more familiar with, right? A lot of accessibility barriers would be removed if individuals coding that would just follow the basic semantic HTML. And so... You know, uh, in the long run, it's probably cheaper and it's probably uh, not as big of a barrier as people think, but there is a curve of getting leveled up and understanding what it takes and how to do that. But we believe anybody can get started in web accessibility. Now it does take time to become an expert, but anyone can get started and start making improvements in accessibility. And as you do that, you level up and then you're able to implement more improvements. Having something like um, the Wave browser extension or the Axe browser extension installed in your browser. And just before you deploy a, a website, checking it to make sure that, you know, any of the low-hanging, easy identified errors are taken care of before it ever launches is a good first step in leveling up. And I don't believe that takes that much more time. And as you said, maybe one of the steps is if we added it into our education. So when you started having computer science grads coming out, it's just the way they code would also help. With right, for sure. Abhishek, anything to add on, on this? Uh, why uh, why is accessibility not a priority? I think awareness, as Mark said, is, is one of the key reason behind why people are not thinking it, how important it is. But I was really questioning myself that Still, even if the awareness is coming through channels, digital medias and lawsuits and these ADA and AODA, all these lawsuits and, and, and protocols are so much being shared across, still why organizations are not taking that step. I think that it's, it's about leaders who are still not aware about what is this whole web accessibility about. Everyone is aware that, okay, the HTML was developed through an organization named as W3C. But what we are not thinking in parallel is that the same organization W3C has also came up with WCAG, WCAG principles and guidelines, which tells that yes, HTML is how people are accessing this internet through these browsers, but you cannot just use it 
not thinking about people with disability. So you just follow these guidelines also and make it more accessible. Now, people are not thinking the other side of the coin, the implications of not following them. So there are laws and there are lawsuits. I was I was reading the article the other day due to COVID and the recent uh, surge in using digital media. There are lawsuits increasing by 50 percent compared to the last quarter and still organizations are not using it. I think more education in terms of when new employees are joining, there should be in the KT plan about maybe uh, accessibility training. a training to the leaders as well, a training to the development team as well. It is not that costly. There is not such big learning curve. And I'm not saying it only by reading it. We have done it here. Most of the testers now at PQA are either certified or fully aware about what this is. So we have done it and we feel it is more about training and awareness. If all the organization can start this at the level where it can be supported by everyone. Just in six months, uh, it's going to be a very big difference the way the organizations are going to treat accessibility altogether. Well, and it's kind of a point. I mean, one of the services that that all three of us are offering is coming in and doing accessibility testing. Well, part of every accessibility testing engagement, at least for us, and I, I'm assuming for Mark, you can confirm in a second, is that we teach the developers what they did wrong and how to do it better next time. And so if you don't do your training up front, well, but you do have to have some sort of compliance statement around accessibility, then your testers will come in and show you where you did it wrong and then teach you what you did wrong so that you can do it better next time. Realistically, if you train your developers first, you're going to save some money on the testing end. I assume that's something you do when you go in, Mark? Um, Yeah, our product is a platform, and so we focus on trying to help them use that platform and level up beyond that to start moving into a lot of the other testing on their own. And so that's mainly our focus. Is it okay if I loop back around for a second? For sure. Yeah, sorry about that. But we were talking a second ago about, about, uh, you know, the awareness and the culture and and the laws and different things. And what popped into my mind was uh, an experience that I had was I attended an accessibility conference. And a lot of these conferences, you know, obviously they're bringing in people like me um, to the conference or selling products and things like that. And then there's also a lot of accessibility advocates and then also assistive technology users, people with different disabilities are there as well too. And at that conference, I saw that there was an individual who was blind and he was trying to get to another end of the building at at the other end of the uh, conference center. And He was using his cane and he was navigating the way that people told him he needed to go, but he kept running into a wall because instead of the hall just going straight, it actually did a Y and did a fork and it went straight still into like a coffee shop. And you had to actually take a little bit of a left and then immediately take a right to be able to keep going in the direction that he wanted to go. And he tried repetitively to do that on his own, but was unable to until, you know, someone explained that to him and helped guide him that way. But just watching the, the mounting frustration that he was experiencing, just trying to walk across the conference center was very enlightening to me about the importance of this type of work. And so with awareness, a lot of times, a lot of people who create digital content, they're like, yeah, yeah, I know stuff needs to work for people with disabilities. And they like get that and they're like, I care about people with disabilities. They get that, but they haven't really stopped to look at their product through the lens of someone with a disability. 
And many times when I'm working with individuals and companies and we start taking a look at their website, you know, of all the errors that are detected in an automated way, they're surprised at how many are there. And what would be even more insightful for someone is how does a person who is blind navigate your enrollment forms or are they able to? You know, just actually watching the frustration of someone trying to access what they developed or what their developers developed or what their company has created. I think that's the sort of awareness that really drives home understanding when they're like, you know what, I am actually part of this problem. This person can't access their bank account. This person can't purchase my product that I believe is amazing for everyone because I haven't considered accessibility. And I think it's important to state because you might have people check out just from the idea. They might react to your story, which I think is a great one and say, but I can't just design everything with straight lines. And I think the point is that, yes, you should try and design with straight lines when you can, when this is part of your viewpoint. But that's not the only thing that you can do. You can also ensure that you have a framework of the capability of giving directions in a way that it helps you navigate that why without running into a coffee shop, right? It's, it's, it doesn't have to be you have to be super simple. It's that you have to have a way for it to work. And, and there are tools to help it work. Well, one thing I also saw at those conferences were the participants who engaged in some of the services where they had volunteers actually being their eyes. And so they'd have like an ear um, Bluetooth um, headphone in there and they'd be holding their phone in front of them as they're walking along and someone is guiding them through directions. That's awesome. And, you know, thinking about things like that, you know, when there are barriers, how do we navigate that? You're absolutely right. It's not always just develop it with a straight line. You know, don't put anything complicated on your website at all. Right. I don't think that's the right answer. It's like, how do we help them get to the end goal like you're describing? Absolutely agree. Awesome. All right. So we're, we're going to jump into tools in, in just a second. But before we get to tools, I always like to have the discussion of static versus dynamic and what's important accessibility. And so I'm going to throw that at, at you, Abhishek, to help us understand what the difference is in which. Great question, Mike. And this static and dynamic testing always comes uh, no matter which type of testing a tester or an IT team is going to handle. But when it comes to accessibility, this becomes a way more point of discussion where static scans on accessibility are so easy to do. And there are so many open source tools, which are either your browser add-ins or some installation for your desktops and mobile. But in just few seconds, it's just a click of your button you would get the entire scan of your web page. And not only the scan is going to tell you how severe it is in terms of accessibility bugs, some tools are going to even categorize them. Okay, you know, there are eight critical bugs on your page and you are violating these requirements of WCAG principles on this particular guideline. And you get to go through, let's say, 10 pages in not more than five minutes and you get the current state of your application and you can really generate that report, show it to your leaders, show it to your developers, designer. They can start thinking during the design phase itself. So that is what static scan is. No company or the IT team should to not apply it. But the bigger question is the IT team even aware that there exist these static scan tools in the market. So that goes back to awareness and training part. Now coming on to the dynamic part, now 
there is a false assumption as well within these teams that you know what i'm already doing accessibility testing and maybe the lead or the manager might just look at these static scans report and that might give some good green numbers telling that no errors are identified and things like that the percentage of that particular test coverage is just like 20 30% not max than that because if you want to really complete the test coverage on accessibility requirement you have to apply the dynamic testing meaning you have to apply a tester to really go through your screen readers to go through your synthetic voice of uh, your entire text you have to really play your videos and audios on your application to make sure there are captions there are transcripts and much more so if we don't think about dynamic testing then your accessibility testing is just done 20 percentage the problem is that because of this lack of awareness and lack of training some organizations are making that false assumption and taking a very big risk thinking that a one hour of accessibility testing on a project plan is what just they want to do and they are not applying the dynamic testing which is a big risk and can really be a major issue for the entire product or the company awesome i think i agree with that mark Oh, yeah, totally. I, I tell people, I spend a lot of my time on phone calls with people explaining accessibility testing. And, you know, one of the false questions, and we recently wrote a blog about this, uh, the two the two big myths in accessibility. And one of them dealt with just being able to automate this fully, you know, even with script and not even do anything, um, which we uh, talk about there. But, you know, but part of this is people are like, hey, if I get like zero errors, am I accessible? And I have to spend a lot of time explaining to people, it's like an iceberg and there's different layers here. The stuff above the water is about, uh, depending on uh, what statistics you hear, about 25 to 40% of accessibility errors and how it's counted can be fully automated. But the rest of it is like the iceberg, what's underneath. And that does require, you know, automated tools like the, the our platform and the wave tool will identify things as alerts that are like, hey, we believe this is an error, but it requires human inspection. And so it's also going to point out things to inspect. And then also there's categories for manual inspection as well, too, that are going to be pointed out. And those are kind of the three levels, right? One that's like the fully above water, fully automated testing that can be done entirely just with tools, identifying that, pointing out what you need to go fix. And then there's items that are sort of there at the waterline that are partially detected, but you got, do have to confirm, yes, this is an issue or not an issue. And then there's items that are fully underwater that, as um, Abhishek was talking about, that's that dynamic testing. You're going to have to uh, pop open the screen readers and, uh, you know, look at the captioning and other things to be able to ensure that that is accessible. So I've never, <clears throat> I haven't heard it described this way, but it seems to me that there's two classes of tools. And the one class of tools is the tool that's actually going to be used by a, a person who's disabled. Right. So it's, it's a screen reader. That's the active screen reader that they use. And what we're going to do is test it actually kind of traditionally in the way we test software always all the time. It's run through the functions and make sure they work. The other class of tools is and, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's eight classes of tools. But in my mind, the other class of tools are the ones that are going to programmatically scan. So one of the really big simplistic ways of looking at uh, HTML is you have to put in the appropriate tags so that the tools that are assistive will be able to do it. Is that a good way of looking at it? Is it two different classes? And am I just, it's already known and they've actually got names or, but what am I thinking? Maybe Mark, we'll start with you. 
Yeah, I, I think that's a fair way to look at it. I sort of look at the two in conjunction with each other, right? And so the automated testing has, it, it's doing a couple of things as you're going through and you're testing the website, you're identifying those low hanging fruits, um, you're fixing those errors. But there's a couple of things that are happening there when you're fixing up errors. Obviously, you're removing errors and clutter from that website and issues that's going to make some later of that manual testing, that dynamic testing easier because you remove clutter. And the other thing that happens is you're using those tools. You have to get into the documentation of the tools and it describes, hey, here, a person with a screen reader is going to experience these sort of issues because of this error. And because you're reading that and thinking about that, slowly what's happening is you're, you're being educated that people with different assistive technologies are approaching a website very differently than you might be approaching it without that assistive technology. And you're getting an education on how they might approach the website and what to do. That actually helps prepare people for using these later tools and testing. Um, a lot of the uh, customers who come to me are very new with accessibility and they're like, okay, if I got to do screen reader testing anyway, shouldn't I just start with that? And I'm like, you absolutely could, but I'd recommend the automated testing because of what I was just describing, like you're fixing low hanging fruits, you're removing errors. If you go through the process of fixing the fully automated errors, then move on to the automated detected human confirmation errors, and then move on to using a tool like the Wave tool to guide you through some basic manual testing first. By the time you do that sort of process, when you get to keyboard testing and screen reader testing, they're the easiest screen reader testing and keyboard testing you could do because first off, you removed a lot of clutter out of the way first. I mean, even if I'm going to a third-party expert to audit my site. I'd want to remove all that low hanging fruit first because I don't want them spending their time identifying things that I could have detected at a much cheaper rate, right? And, and so you're removing clutter, but then you're also leveling up in accessibility so that then you are able to get to that point. And that's really what we're passionate about. I mean, we, we went through this process and we're like, hey, we can help you guys move through this process of leveling up in accessibility so that by time you're done, you're like, hey, I know that people with these different assistive technologies are able to go through this process. And again, it's a leveling up, um, but if it's done in a very systematic way using these, these, these automated tools first and then segueing into the manual testing, we believe that organizations can level up and it's possible. And it also provides a strategy for going about it. That's right. Like I'm, I'm a huge proponent of, of having... Uh, the automated tools that you can tie to your build process so that you can fail fast and fail often. And you know what? If if I have to fix a tag, the 10th time I have to fix it, I probably won't do an 11th time. And hopefully it's only on the second time, right? Right. But, but it's that failing fast that, that helps you learn and helps you overcome. Avishek, anything to add into this? Good. No, I think absolutely. Couldn't agree more that our approach based on learnings we are doing based on uh, the past projects we have done we would always recommend to start with some automated testing audits free scans take a look at the stock of the situation uh, and then apply the dynamic testing based on the areas where automated tools have given you a guess that this is the area explore more, which uh, is outside the capability of automation tool, and then do the dynamic testing only on that part, submit the results back to designers and developers, get a new build on those fixes, and then do the full dynamic testing. But what we also want to suggest is then apply the automation testing in the CI/CD pipeline or your regression automation so that when a full 
final testing has been done on a product, ongoing enhancement should be applied through a regression approach of automated testing. So I think that would give a high level of confidence to the product teams uh, to move forward with their product enhancements. Awesome. All right, so uh, I want to make sure we have a little bit of time to learn more about uh, the Pope tool. But so why don't we start this way? Abhishek, tell us about a few of your favorite tools and what they do with, and then what we'll do is have Mark come back and tell us how their tool relates to what you just talked about. So Abhishek, kick off. Sure. So we'll start with the uh, static testing and uh, the auditing tools. Uh, so AXE tool, AXE tool is uh, from, from DQ system. So this is an organization who are making amazing tools in the market exclusively for accessibility. So they have their flagship AXE and there are very uh, amazing tools and free tools uh, in the market. So AXE is my favorite. One is aware about Wave, but that is my um, go-to tool in comparison to Axe. I, I like both. The third one, which uh, we have started learning and which was already uh, in the market is these browser APIs, which are coming in build in your dev tools. So Lighthouse uh, in Google and Edge are the other tools which I would always uh, suggest people to apply. So this is on the static side. On the dynamic side, we have screen readers. So NVDA for Windows, VoiceOver for the iOS are the two screen readers which I would highly recommend. And other than that, it is it is more of your keyboard uh, accessibility and manual testing which a person should apply. Awesome. Thank you, Abhishek. So would it be fair to say that it's, it's unfair to, to pigeonhole, but for the most part, the static tools are looking at, say it's web-based, are looking at the tags and the structure of the HTML code that you've put together and making sure that it will work with other tools. I, I think it does a little bit more than that, but that's the core capability, right? The core capabilities, exactly. Finding something missing, absolutely missing link, missing attribute. So that is something. And also color contrast tools. So sorry, I missed that one. So there are color contrast tools, which are either inbuilt in these Wave and AXE, and there are color uh, analyzer tools built in separately as well. Yeah, so these, these are the things uh, or testing criterias where we would never recommend manual testing to start with. Uh, so machine uh, is the best way to uncover those defects. So, okay. So, Mark, I'm going to hand it over to you. How does how does your tool relate to to that? Yeah. So, the PubTech platform is uh, what we've done is we've partnered with Webbing, which does that Wave tool that Abhishek was talking about. The Wave tool by itself goes one page at a time, testing their free one anyway. Goes one page at a time, checking um, pages for accessibility. Um, and, and it has six testing categories that uh, deal with accessibility errors with contrast errors as the second category. Um, those are the fully automated testing categories. And then it goes into alerts, which are automatically detected, but human confirmation category that does that. Um, and then the other three categories are designed for, for manual testing, guiding you to identify things for manual inspection or identifying things later that you would then um, maybe highlight with for additional testing with keyboard or screen reader testing. And so a lot of individuals love that wave tool. It's designed by WebAIM, like I said, um, but WebAIM is a nonprofit group out of Utah State University that is solely dedicated to web accessibility. They do web accessibility trainings, education, evaluations, audits, and they develop that wave tool and use it internally on their own audits. 
as part of that auditing process. And being the great nonprofit group, they've just released it for free. And that's where we came along is we were starting to work on accessibility for our clients' websites. And we started going, this one page at a time is great, but can we expedite this process in a platform and generate site-wide scanning and reporting? And now we've grown to the point where we can provide that site-wide scanning and reporting, um, not just for you know a website and all of its pages, but for the most complicated organizations out there that have portfolios of websites, you know, like universities or government entities with potentially thousands of websites with millions of pages to help expedite this process of scanning and reporting and assigning results, creating a grouping structure where individuals view the results for the websites they're over and so on. So the easiest way to think about us is, yes, we're taking that wave tool, which we believe is a great tool across the board for accessibility experts of all levels. Um, it has a visual interface as well as the code view and those contrast checking tools. But it, it, it's a tool that's one page at a time. We've taken that and made it site-wide. Awesome. That, that sounds really good. It, like, it really takes a focused tool and makes it enterprise-wide, which is what a lot of, of bigger companies who, who avoid strenuously the idea of accessibility because they feel that there's a cost, but it's really important. So I think that's good. I think that I'm going to check that tool out. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, come check it out. Just let me know or any of your listeners, right? So... Awesome. I assume it's uh, Pope.tech. Yep. I can go and look. Go to Pope.tech um, and uh, just submit a uh, request to do a call. You know, Pope.tech is owned by me and my brother, so it'd be one of us jumping on a call with you. And uh, one of the things we often do for organizations at the get-go is, yeah, we talk about our platform, but we can also go through, and we've got blog articles on a number of topics, including um, this, but, you know, creating an accessibility strategy. So if you're just new to accessibility and don't know where to get started, we can help you figure out what would be a great strategy to start moving forward using these um, automated tools first and then leveling up so that you can keep moving on after that. Awesome. That's great. So we'll uh, we'll include a link to uh, Pope Tech in the episode uh, information. So listeners can go there. That's great. Uh, so we've, we've kind of run out of time. I, I know that uh, Abhishek could talk about accessibility for days, and I really find it interesting too, and, and I could talk about it, but... Uh, in the interest of our listeners, we're probably going to wrap it up here. So maybe just as a conclusion, let us know what are, what are the next big steps that any organization that hasn't thought much about accessibility, what are the first steps that they should take to, to start down their journey? And let's start with you, uh, Mark. Yeah, I would say the simplest thing to do, because it's cheap, it's easy to do, is just go to wave.wavem.org and download that free wave browser extension. Um, or you can, uh, Abhishek mentioned the Axe one. That's a great one too. It, um, a lot of developers love that one as well too. They're both great tools, but download one of those free tools and just start checking some of your websites. As an easy thing to do is just bake it into your deployment process. You know, you often look at a website in a testing environment before you deploy it live. And so just hit that scan and check that page and fix some errors before you ever deploy it live. And just start there where you're at and slowly level up. Like I said, there's some great resources. We have a creating organizational web accessibility strategy article on our blog at blog.pope.tech. They can give you some other ideas of getting started, but just choose something, one or two little things to do and start doing them. That wave tool or the axe tool, just doing that and some basic checks is a great way to just get started. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, and uh, Abhishek? 100% uh, agree that 
every IT person should go and download these tools or make extensions to their browsers and just look at your own product, what you are developing or testing to see where you are. And along with this, the leaders uh, of the organization should plan for maybe an introductory sessions from the trainers to really see what it is all about and why we should be thinking about accessibility. What I get surprised is that whenever I see enterprise level project plans, I can see functional testing is there, performance testing is there, security testing timelines are there, but I'm still surprised there is no timeline when it comes to accessibility testing and sign off. I think, again, going back to awareness, once the training is being done, uh, I believe that accessibility is gonna and should find a spot on every project plan for any product uh, rollout or announcement. And I think, so that training could be any number of durations long. I would like to say that that we've developed a one hour session that has a bit of time for for questions that really gives you a foundation and, and starts you with the questions that you need to ask. So the, the very initial investment does not have to be big at all. You can spend an hour get your stakeholders and your developers and your testers in a room and, and they can have a baseline understanding of just at least what accessibility is so they can start building a plan. All right, so I would like to thank you, the panel, for coming out and joining us. This is a really great discussion about accessibility and some deeper dives. Uh, I thought when we started, maybe we were going to spend a whole bunch of time on WCAG, but you know what? I think the focus that we had is really good. If our listeners are, are interested, you can kick off the conversation and, and uh, continue it on our social media and our website. Or uh, if you'd like us to, to delve into different parts of accessibility, yeah, let us know and, and we'll see. I mean, we've already got two talks. We're not, we're always willing to have a third or a fourth. So remember, you can find us at, at PQA Testing on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, or on our website. You can find links to all our social media and the website in the episode descriptions, as well as information on the Pope Tech tool. Uh, if anyone out there wants to join in one of our podcast chats or has a topic they'd like us to address, please just reach out. We're really open and we like talking about things. If you are enjoying our conversations about everything software testing, we'd love it if you could rate and review PQA Panel Talks on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Thank you again for listening, and we'll talk to you again next month.